I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Ricky Fowler. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic. Joining me to break it all down, Kyle Porter is here. KP, uh, what a week, as Greg would say. Well, it, it, the thing I was saying, it, it, well, yeah, what a week. The thing I was saying about Rick is it's so rare that we don't get just something awesome on Sunday, right? It, on, on the PGA Tour, even the Canadian Open a couple of weeks ago, right? We got Hadwin getting laid out by the security guard. There's just, there's always something, you know, Keegan in, in Connecticut last week, there's always something that's just kind of awesome and kind of fun to talk about. And I always think, oh, well, this week is going to be the week where there's nothing to talk about. And then there's always like 10 times as much stuff to talk about. So I just I wanted to kind of call that out before we jump into Fowler winning uh, in, in Detroit. How do you know that? How do you how could you possibly know the coverage is starting right now? How do you know who wins? Oh, I forgot. I my son was in I went inside and my son was like, Dad, uh Fowler is or more cow is you know four back. And I'm like, oh buddy, like you get, <laughs> yeah, you're you're four back right now, I think, more than more cow. <laughs> I got some news for you, buddy boy. <laughs> this thing is over. Uh yeah. So let's 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 start there. So obviously, uh, with the weather in the area, they moved this thing up, right? So they went out in threesomes uh, off split tees very early on Sunday morning. And I guess there could be a conversation of like who that helps, who that hurts. Ricky Fowler, who has had a couple of Sunday little meltdown, not meltdowns, but just hasn't gotten it done last couple of times on, on Sunday. Maybe it's better that he didn't have to wait until 2.30 for his tee time. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, yeah, pro- probably. I, I don't know that it was worse. I don't know that it was necessarily better, but I definitely don't think that it was worse for him. So 
I, you know, I, the thing I was thinking about with this is, is it, it's more so that it's the Rocket Mortgage Classic compared to the U.S. Open than it is than the start time, right? Like, I, I think it benefited him that he felt the, the Rocket Mortgage Classic was probably rowdier than LACC on Sunday, but. <laughs> Uh, he, I think it benefited him that he had felt kind of what 54 holes in the lead feels like at a major again before jumping into trying to close one out on the on like in a regular PGA Tour event. A three-way playoff is the way that it ended on Sunday. And after 1,610 days back in the winner's circle, Josh, who was it? Ricky Fowler. Just hit it again. Ricky Fowler. Maybe one more time. Ricky Fowler. <laughs> Ricky Fowler gets the job done. KP, it was not without a little wobble here and there, or at least a little doubt because he made nothing but pars from eight through 17. Includes two par fives as everybody's going low around him. It looked like Ricky was not going to do enough to even get into a playoff or to get this thing done. Well, and it, it wasn't because you look at the car and you're like, oh, it looks pretty good. Right. But it, but the the way he was doing it was just it, it, the, and part of this is is sort of the disadvantage of playing so well the first three days. You raise expectations for yourself. And so it felt like even though he wasn't playing terribly, it felt like he was throwing up all over himself coming home just some of the shots that he was hitting right and that wasn't necessarily true because he was still making pars and he was playing fine that's just the way his first three days of play made it felt or, or made it feel but i think the thing that really stood out to me rick was how he kept his head at the very end I, obviously i was just asked on hq like what was why did ricky win this week and i said two things one his iron play was extraordinary. He was so good with his irons all week. And then at the very end, he kept his head. He didn't, he could have ejected so hard, right? Like things, the, the golf was moving slowly, but things were moving quickly for him. And he didn't, he kept his head. He makes three on 18 to get into the playoff. He kept his head after that terrible drive on, on the playoff hole and makes another three to win it. And, it, it just – I think it it goes to show you like – I've criticized Ricky in the past for not having more of a feel for the flow of a tournament and kind of rising at the end. Um, but it does go to show you that you – like the importance of staying in it until the very end. And I thought he did that great and he got to show off the, the iron play that he had displayed all week uh, on 18 twice at the very end of Sunday. Yeah, gained seven and a half strokes to the field on approach this week. Second best player in the field behind Chez Revy, who continues to flush it and stepped on the 18th tee, needing birdie to get into a playoff because Colin Morikawa had already set the number at 24 under par. And from the fairway on 18, he hits uh, this one. A little bit in this first cut. And from 149, fading right at it. Oh, Fowler with a beauty. Apologies. First cut. How could I have gotten that one wrong? Not from not from the fairway. Sticks it to three feet KP and obviously rolls that in to get to a playoff. Uh, Adam Hadwin gets in there as well. So we, we head to a three-way playoff. Morikawa looking for a six PGA Tour win. Fowler looking for his six PGA Tour win. And Adam Hadwin looking for his second. 
Yeah, who who did you feel going into the playoff had the moment or had the advantage? Like who 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 did you think was going going to win going into the playoff? Colin, best yeah, player, best pl- best player out of that group. Uh, just got off a sixty four eight under. Had been playing great all week. Kind of, I mean, we we described the blueprint for Colin to have a chance to win this from sixteen to one last night. We we talked about the blueprint. It happened. He got into the playoff, and I thought that uh, I probably thought it was his. Yeah. Yeah, we almost nailed that one. <laughs> we were, we because I, I think we even what did we say? We said if Ricky shoots four under, what did Ricky shoot? Four under. Uh, Mark Howard had to shoot sixty four. What did Mark Howard shoot? Sixty four. <laughs> and then you have a playoff, which we had. I, I think I probably thought Mark Howard was going to win also, and then. You know, even after the drive, or maybe especially after the drives on the playoff hole, you're like, okay, Morikawa. I mean, this is just like a stock shot for him. He can hit that. He can hit that tight, that baby cut in there. This feels like he's he's probably gonna win. And then Ricky just, I don't know, man. Like, I think. I think Ricky gets a lot of criticism for like not living up to potential or hype or whatever, but. He had some big boy golf shots this week. And that, listen, like one hour doesn't make a career, but he also had some big boy golf shots at the Players' Championship when he won in, in 2015. And I think people would generally look at Ricky and say, oh, he's not that clutch. But, yeah, I mean, I saw some clutch shots today. I think the one thing to point out, though, is some of those clutch shots often happen when the pressure of leading has been removed from him a little bit. A lot of the shots he hit at the Players' in 2015 – he wasn't leading the shots. He finally hit today. He wasn't, he was, you know, one behind or in the playoff or whatever. So I, I, there, there is something there. And I think that's probably true of a lot of guys like leading from out in front is very, very stressful and difficult and all those things. But I don't know, just a ton of credit to Ricky for hitting the shots that he hit. Yeah. The advantage after tee shots in the playoff was certainly to Colin Morikawa. He was the furthest. He was in the middle of the fairway. Ricky sprayed it right off the tee to the point where they had to move fans and he had to take <laughs> drop. And uh, we, we'll talk about that in a second, but he, he hits it to 12 feet and has this Josh uh, between six, 1600 days between wins. He's got a crack at it, a birdie putt here on uh, 18 in, in the playoff. And Ricky returns to the winner's circle. That relief, KP, that that sigh, that is uh, four years coming off, coming off the shoulders right there. A long time coming. You could see. Uh, I mean, he dropped, he dropped a hundred pounds in that moment. Right? Yeah, he did. I, you know, I think what's interesting though is Ricky's game has been back for what? Six months, three months to what, whatever. And I kind of wrote this afterwards. It's like, Hey, Ricky was back like a while ago. Th- this was just the official declaration of it. Right. It was the, it was the pronouncement of Ricky's back. But like that's not nothing, as you can see from that clip. Uh, for him, he he knows that he won't have to answer more questions about it and talk about not winning and all these different things. But I think it is important to kind of point out something that you and I have been talking about, and 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 most people that are like dialed in day to day have been talking about 
of like Ricky's been playing at this clip for for quite a while now. Yeah, I I don't want to. To me, this is not a capper, right? No, this, this might yeah closes the loop or whatever on victories, but. The way that this sets up moving forward, Ricky is going to go to the Scottish where he's had a lot of success. He's going to go to the Open Championship. That link style of golf is, is a creative style of golf that he's played well at. He is setting himself up. He's now eighth in the FedEx Cup standings. He is making a, a probably a deep run into the playoffs. And oh, by the way, I think he has just punched his ticket to be on the American Ryder Cup team. So th th there's a second act coming, right? This is not this is not it. This is not like the the one capper on all this. I I expect Ricky to continue to play well and be relevant for at least the next two months. Yeah, no, I mean you're reading my mind. That, that's exactly what I wrote. Of like, hey, this actually sets him up for. Oh, guess we finished second at the 2014 Open Championship at Hoylake, Ricky Fowler. Uh, guess who is in a great position going into the playoffs? Ricky Fowler. Uh, guess who's going to be on the not like probably? What did you say? Probably punched his ticket. He, I said. I said. I believe he has just punched his ticket. Okay, so I think there's two spots that are filled and ten that are open. The two that are filled are Scheffler and Fowler, and the other ten are kind of open. That's I'm taking it too far, but that's how I feel right now. I mean, it would, I can't, uh, there are a lot of scenarios in which the next couple of months play out. And I don't see a lot of them in which that, that do not include Ricky Fowler on this Ryder cup team. It, unless you'd have to almost have like Sahith and Cam Young and Sam Burns win, like, and they're not even, even gonna they're not going to play it. It would, it would also require Zalatoris coming back earlier than expecting <laughs> and being like, yeah, I'm good to go for the Ryder cup. Zalatoris wins the open, just yeah. something outrageous. Right. Um, so yeah, yes, like I, I, we're, we're on the same page there of, and, and speaking of the open, is there, any, how many guys are playing better than Rory and Ricky right now? Um, I, I mean, if you look at form, they are, they're just straight statistically. They're probably two of the hottest five guys in the world. Ricky coming into this week was by far the hottest guy. I mean, he, he'd been the best player in 2023. Uh, he's been playing over his baseline, which is all good. Wait, stuff. He'd, been, he'd been the best player in the world in 2023? Uh, I think it was in this field. But, but, but oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like he was gaining 1.8 strokes per round. That's yeah. probably top five. You know what I mean? I'll rerun the numbers here. But it, it's, yeah, I mean, just straight stats form. Those are two of the five best players in the world, right? In this moment. Yeah, which is... And I think it's interesting because we, we we deal on two different tracks here with some of these guys, right? Where with Ricky or, or with with any of these guys, you and I are in the in the weeds day to day, and so we're like we're kind of seeing stuff that maybe people like our dads are not seeing for another month or three months or six months or whatever. So the stuff we've been hollering about with Ricky is is coming to fruition for the person who watches PGA tour golf on Sundays, maybe not every week, but every once in a while, they're like, Oh, Ricky. And you're like, listen to the first guy podcast. Right. <laughs> and so that's, it, it's interesting when we sort of talk about some of this stuff, because um, I think they're, I, and I think players feel that, right. Like they feel the, what you and I are saying day to day, but then they also feel the weight of expectation of the general public, which is the two kids that are watching Fowler on Sunday. And my dad, who's, you know, checking in from time to time on Fowler, they know that those people know 
or they know that those people don't really believe they're back until they win. And so they feel that expectation, I think, which is, uh, which is not nothing. And I think something that gets sort of conveyed via some of the questions they get asked in, in press conferences and stuff. Unless your name is Colin Morikawa and Adam Hadwin, which even Adam Hadwin was pretty, pretty happy for Ricky. Th- th- this is going to be like by far the most popular win in a long time amongst both peers, fans, everybody. Yeah. I mean, short of uh, what could like Ricky winning the U.S. Open would have topped it. Yeah, <laughs> Ricky, massive, yes. R- Ricky, Ricky could have topped himself, I guess. Uh, I, I think the most recent one, uh, Phil, Phil at Kiowa was like, I got texts from people that don't follow golf and were like, I'm happy about this. And yeah, like, that he was the immensely popular that was an immensely popular moment maybe not as much amongst his his peers but like fan wise yeah i think i think majors are always a different level yeah uh ricky ricky's in that ricky's in an interesting space because he is pretty beloved across the board for good reason and when you compare him, like he, he, when I was thinking about this, Rick, I was thinking about this time 15 months ago, he was like, yeah, I haven't really made up my mind on live yet. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. That's yeah. interesting. Right. I don't, I don't know that anybody saw that coming. So I, I think, I think a lot of people assumed he was going, assumed he was going, I mean, he hadn't been playing well. He was in line for a massive payday. I think there would have been a lot of, yeah, that makes sense if Ricky went. And I think Ricky gets, he's a little insulated from some of the stuff that somebody like Rory hears or somebody like even a Homa who's been more outspoken about a variety of things. Ricky doesn't, he doesn't say anything ever that's controversial, right? And there is a benefit to that in the public square, in the public arena, in in the arena of public opinion, right? And, and I think, we're seeing him reap some of the rewards from that. Is that the way that I would necessarily go about things? Probably not, but I think there is a, there's an incentive to not really say anything that's super controversial. Even does that make, does what I'm saying make sense? Yes. I mean, it is, it is why he has all the sponsorships and he never, he never, yeah, he never says anything extreme in any direction right like i don't know how he feels about literally any topic other than grant thornton or <laughs> rocket mortgage or puma or like you know what i mean like i don't know how he feels about anything which is why like the live stuff was kind of surprising and also i think he got kind of a he got a little bit of a pass that i, I don't know that other guys would have gotten right but the other thing i was thinking about was this rick and that is and I, I, I wrote a short thing on Twitter about this, but just when you lose something that you once had, which was being a top five player, top 10 player in the world, that can be embarrassing. It can be hard to like face your colleagues. You can have self-doubt. And the thing about Ricky is that there was, there's, there's no financial incentive for him to get it back like like for for so many of these guys there's a financial incentive involved the the group where there's no financial incentive 
in terms of just like living day to day in a life of luxury is pretty small. It's not that many guys. And Ricky's definitely in it. And so I just think when you look at where he was at and how little incentive, at least financially, he had to get back to this position, I just commend somebody for grinding their face off to get back to that spot, right? Because what that tells me is I just care deeply about becoming better at the thing that I do for a living again. And I think that's very commendable in a world that, especially in the world that we're in, that seems to only care about money over the last year, two years, whatever, for Ricky to engage in that kind of work to get back to the top of the mountain is, uh, I don't know, to me, it's admirable. And it's something that I'm sure will be talked about a lot over the next few days, but I just wanted to sort of get that out there while we're talking about it. Yeah, friend of the pod, Ricky Fowler, gets the job done, wins his sixth uh, PGA Tour win. Any final thoughts on Ricky? I think I'm sure we will talk more. There will be a lot more Ryder Cup conversation. I think we're on the same page there, and we kind of teased it earlier in the week and talked about that the path that we think there's going. But anything else from this Fowler win before I get us to Colin Morikawa? I don't think so. Josh, uh, Producer Josh asked an interesting question here. Does Rory top – Does Oh, he's asking if yeah. Rory wins Hoylake, does that top this win in terms of popularity? No. Uh, America. I think, I think Rory, so, so I think Rory is now, well, first of all, he's the most controversial he's ever been, de de determining how controversial that is. But I believe that um, if, his, if Rory's approval rating was like 95% three years ago, I think it's like 71% now. But I think that the 71% that like him love him and love him more now. And now the new 29% hate him. There's no mm -hmm. there's no middle anymore. Well, and this is sort of what I was getting at with the live thing is it's kind of funny to me that Rory has become controversial for defending an American institution. And Ricky, who said, I don't know, am I going to live, has... <laughs> is even more beloved, right? And that, that's not, I'm not taking a shot at Ricky there by any means, but that's just a little bit amusing to me, right? I, I don't, I think the, I, I think you're right. I think the one thing about it is like a major championship is such a big deal. And this was like a tape delayed middle of the road PGA tour event, which is obviously a big deal, but not as big of a deal as winning the open. Wikipedia doesn't care if it's on tape. <laughs> it gets added to the record. Don't you worry about it. Uh, we will talk about Colin Morikawa, Adam Hadwin, and uh, other notes, best bets, one and done, all that fun stuff. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats. And we're back. Uh, probably worth noting that this trio in the playoff was three shots better than anybody else. So uh, the other two guys, Adam Hadwin, Colin Morikawa, might feel like one kind of got away, or at least they played certainly played well enough uh, to win one here. Morikawa did 
did the thing. Uh, 64 on Sunday. You look at what he did for the week. Eighth off the tee, seventh on approach, 12th around the green, 24th in putting. Almost surprising he he did not win. But KP, we talked about this, uh, I think it was last night. I mean, whatever, this is such a positive takeaway for Colin this week. And I know it's not going to end his little two-year winless drought, but can we stop with the his game is not good right now? He's like, he's been awesome. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, a week ago, I was talking about how it's really hard to reconcile his stat line with his finishes, right? And and I think the answer that he has delivered is like, believe the stat line, you know, believe, believe my, believe the numbers because he can talk about, I think there's just, we've talked about this a million times, there's so much angst over w- when you win so much at the beginning of your career to not win at that same rate, there becomes all this angst over like the swing and like mental game, like all these different things. And it's like, I don't know, man. Like I, I think it's pretty much the same thing. Like that's what the numbers are showing me. And it, it, it's different because it's not as consistent, which I think is, is a meaningful differentiation, but also one that might be beneficial, right? Like you talk about, somebody like JT has been pretty inconsistent from a cuts made and wins. Like he, he he exists on some, some extremes sometimes that's been pretty beneficial to his career. And I think that something like that would not, would not hurt Colin Morikawa to be more like on the extremes a little bit. And man, it just, it played out exactly the way that we thought it could and and I think I said this last night, regardless of where he finishes, I think he should be super encouraged going into Scotland, England, and then the FedEx Cup. Yes. So here's why I think people are having a hard time reconciling this. So I just looked this up. So he won five times between July 28th, 2019, and July 18th, 2021. So that is over a span of 200, uh, excuse me, 721 days. Okay. And if you throw in the DP world tour championship, it's six times in like 800 days. Okay. Now he has not won in 714 days. So a week from today will be the same amount of time. Yeah. Between five wins on the PGA tour and zero wins on the PGA tour. Same amount of time has elapsed. Now it would be different if it was one win every, you know, every eight months or whatever, but that is not how it's played out for him. Yeah. And this is, this is Rory's major career. It's Spieth's major career, right? Where if those guys were winning, if you spread their wins out, you would say, man, awesome, awesome stuff. And because you can't, you say, what a disappointment. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I think taking advantage of your hottest time of playing is not a disappointment at all. It sets up some really uh, irreconcilable expectations if you do it at the beginning of your career. But I, I just, I, I, can't imagine it to be disappointing but i what i can't imagine though is that mentally it is taxing on the player because their expectations are even higher than ours and 
I bet Morikawa after winning, I mean, he, he basically said after winning that open at Royal St. George's, like, this is kind of easy. I mean, he didn't use those words, but he, he was kind of like inching in that direction. And Rick, he won two of his first eight majors. I bet it felt kind of easy, you know? And so mentally, what's this, what's this, you guys are talking about that. This is hard to do. I'm going to win 40 majors. Mentally. That is, that's (laughs) hard, right? That is a difficult thing to come down from. And so I don't know. I just, I, I, I get it that it's a little bit different right now, but I, I don't think the, the need for angst on his part or anybody else's is, is very necessary. There, we talk about it all the time, but I want to give a real life example here about like when, when we say win luck or how hard it is to win or that everything that has to go right. I mean, just think about the playoff alone for Ricky, who had a phenomenal week, deserved to win, sprays it right off the tee so poorly that he gets a great lie because it's been trampled down by the crowd. The, the tiger effect. And then he gets a literal perfect read from Adam Hadwin on yeah. the putt in the playoff, right? If Adam Hadwin hits it on the other side of the cup, does Ricky Fowler make that putt? Maybe he still does. I don't know. But these are the little, th- and it happens all the time, everywhere. And when you when the margins are small and getting smaller, winning is skill and winning is luck. Yeah, totally. I mean, more cows put on 18 in regulation. How, how close is that to just lipping in? And it's, And then we don't even, and this conversation is completely different. Yeah, and then Fowler is like, "Oh, still up in the air for the Ryder Cup," and you're like, yeah, ah. "A milli- I mean, that thing is like a millimeter <laughs> from falling. A like it is. I don't know how it didn't go. You're right, and it's, it's just a completely different story. The whole thing is idiotic, and it's fun to it's it's fun and necessary and whatever to break down for individual specific specific events. But over the long arc of a career or even of a year, I just. I go to the numbers like they, they numbers do lie for sure. hundred percent. I, you and I can make them say a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to make numbers across a season or a, especially a couple of seasons really tell you something that's not actually there. And so when I look at Morikawa with this season, it's like the numbers are good. Now, maybe that was weighted more in January than you would like, and now it's July or whatever, but there's no need to be so angsty about what's, you know, the, the way your, your, your season is playing out. For sure. Uh, Adam Hadwin was the third man in that playoff. Uh, big hat tip to Adam. We talked on Saturday night about how reliant he was on the flat stick and something probably needed to change. Well, he was top five in strokes gained approach on Sunday, gave himself a real chance to to win this thing and, and double his PGA Tour win total. And honestly, most weeks played well enough to do it. Yeah, he played great. I, I thought it was kind of an advantageous situation to him that nobody was – paying attention to him unfortunately he's i I like adam Hadwin. he's a good dude but when morikawa and ricky are involved he he could kind of just and this is kind of what he did is just sneak around in the shadows and then pop up on 17 18 be like hey i might win this thing i i thought that was sort of the only path to victory for him and he almost did it so Credit to him for that and for not getting lit up by any security at uh, Detroit Golf Club this weekend.
I think it was the Friday that tweeted if had a, if Hadwin wins, he should be able to tackle the first, the closest yeah. security guard. It was, it was so good. I thought that was pretty funny. I enjoyed that. Um, okay, the so that's three guys in at twenty four under. There was a big gap to everybody else. Um, just trying to look through some of these notables: KP Taylor Moore, Lucas Glover, and Peter. Cool. Can we talk about Ludwig? Uh, sure, we can talk about Ludwig. So a good first two days, not so good on the weekend. Ever since Mark Victory lapped uh, his top 20 wager on Ludwig on... <laughs> he always does this. He did, it with, he did it with Justin Saad at uh, Muirfield Village. Yeah, kiss of death. He played, he played his final two rounds at uh, one over, I believe. So yeah, drops the T40 KP. Um even parse uh, 72 on Sunday. So I guess we can pump the brakes on greatest player in the world, but still lots of good takeaways. Yeah, I'm undeterred by his trajectory. I think it's really good. I think uh, I thought that one of them, I forgot if we talked about this yesterday, but Nick Doherty on Golf Channel said he talked to Luke Donald and Luke Donald gave this quote, basically comparing him to Rory in 2008 at the Dunhill Links. And you're like, whoa, that's pretty heady stuff. Uh, do I think Ludwig is going to be Rory? No. Uh, no. Like, I don't think he's a generational player. I do think he's really good. And I, you know, I, I don't make too, too much of the weekend because that stuff happens. I think you should pay more attention to the 65-67 start. And honestly, if he went out and won next week, Rick, I wouldn't be wouldn't be shocked at the John Deere. He might be the best player in the field. I, Cam Young's in that field, so maybe not. But um, he's, he's super talented, and I think it's going to benefit him, honestly, to get away from some of these putting contest-type tracks where 25 under 27 under wins a golf tournament because he's a really good ball striker and he's a great great driver so i don't really think that differently of his trajectory because he had a bad weekend this weekend yeah he might be 16 to 1 next week uh led the field off the tee which is sick uh did he really yeah gave five strokes off the tee this week last time i looked he was second or third that's that's impressive. He's 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 very good and like if you I I think I would bet now that he he's going to be on the European Ryder Cup team. I I really think that because I think that they're not good at the bottom and even if they took an Aaron Rye over Ludwig, Aaron Rye is going to play like once before singles. So you might as well take Ludwig. Right, like, is having Ludwig on the team going to lose you the Ryder Cup? No, but it might win you future Ryder Cups. You know, so I think they take him. I'm excited about that. I think they should take him. And uh, man, I'm getting pumped about the Ryder Cup. It's going to be super fun. There's going to be a lot of guys clamoring to play with him and hit hit approaches after the tee shots that he hits. So yeah, I think he'll be a popular popular figure on that team, assuming he gets on. Who are they going to put him with? Norin? Is Norin gonna be on the team? Who's who's hold on? We'll we'll do this real quick. I this is stupid, but we're gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna pull up I have them right here. Okay. Well, do you have the what do you have? Do you have the European ranking? You want European points or you want world points? 
Um, give me both. And then I'm going to give you data golf ranking. So just like the straight top right. 12. So, so raw, this is Euro points, Rom McElroy, Yannick Paul, Adrian Moronk, Yannick Paul, Adrian Otegi, Tommy Fleetwood, Shane Lowry. That's the top eight world points is Rom, Rory, Victor, Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Fleetwood, Lowry, Rose. That's the top eight. Okay. So that, that makes, that's more of a, like a, a, a real list. So if you look at data golf, so, th- so they've got four of the top seven guys on data golf right now. So they have I, Rory, Rom, Victor Hatton. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I low key think that the U S is not in like a position of tremendous strength right now, Rick. I, I I tend to agree. So 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 it starts out really well like this, right? Rory, Rom, Victor, Hatton, Fitzpatrick. Okay, I'm all in on five. Great. Fleetwood's been playing great golf. That's six. That's six. So yeah. your next? Can I give you the next six on data golf? Yeah. Rose. Uh huh. Lowry. Okay. Adrian Moronk, Sean Bradley. Uh huh. Aaron Rye. Sergio, which I don't, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Ludwig is 12th. Mm-hmm. Then Steven Yeager, Alex Noren, Seamus Power. So it gets, it gets tough in a hurry at the bottom. Seven through 12 will be very interesting. But if you could take, um, okay. So, so Rose and Lowry, seven, eight. Yeah. Fine. Ludwig, nine. Okay. Give me Lud. Yeah. Give, give them to me. Now, now we're starting to stretch a little bit. Um, I'm happy with ten, those nine. 10, 10, 11, 12 is. I would take Yannick Paul. Where do they have Yannick Paul? <laughs> He's 134th in the data golf world rankings. They're broken. They're bro- whatever. <laughs> they're broken. They're not. Um, 10, 11, 12. <laughs> I mean. Nobody plays on the European tour, Rick. They're not broke. It's I'm just messing. I know, but he's like, what are you? What are they going to do? Are, are they going to roll uh, Sepp Strzok out? Padraig. Oh God, I mean, he's I ahead of he's ahead of Paul Casey and Thomas Peters right now. I guess uh, they, the, they do get to set up the course. Um, they they honestly might take him, which would be I I, I wish they could have Sergio. I, I don't. I'm not going to pretend to know all the the legalese behind all that, but just one more, like take him. What I don't figure it out. So who realistically, if like if this team was being picked today, it probably would be Podrick. And then we've got two more spots. <laughs> just put I, Ryan Moronk on this team. Well, I think I think it's I think Norin actually would 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 be a good fit for that golf course, and he's got some experience. And then Moronk. I think Rye would be out. Uh, I, Rye might be in over Padraig. Padraig is – that's kind of a – I don't know. What if Padraig finishes top 10 at the Open? He's playing great golf. And I know. He's like lo- the longest he's ever been. <laughs> I know. It's absurd. 10, 11, and 12 are absolute doo-doo. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm even fine with nine. Like the top nine, cool. That's competitive, super competitive. Uh, but man, 10, 11, 12 are going to be a challenge. Yeah, they are. But the US, th- their seven through 10 might be a challenge with JT and Speeth. And 
I, I mean, it's a little, it's a little bit of a mess right now on the on the U.S. side, also. Denny McCarthy and Russell. So the top 12 on the U.S. side, Scotty, Cantlay, Xander, Wyndham Clark, he'll be on the team. Ricky will be on the team. Morikawa, Finau, Denny McCarthy, Russell Henley, Brooks, Spieth, Keegan. So home is out. DJ's out. JT's out. Sam Burns is out. Cam Young is out. It's this definitely, it's definitely like, the golf. Worst, like the worst I've felt about the team. Yeah. Like this team. They're still very, very good, but it's definitely the worst I've felt about it in a while. It's a great way to say it. And thankfully, it's the closest we've ever been to the Ryder Cup since the last one. <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah. Closer. Uh, all right. Anything else? Peter Quest will probably play John Deere last week. He just missed out on special temporary membership status. He'll probably be a member here shortly. Um, I don't know. Rest of the board was all right. We talked about the guys who missed the cut. That was kind of the big story on Friday night. Yeah. JT, JT Finau. JT, yeah. Uh, Went back and looked at some of his quotes. He, he's talking as if he's close, and it just—I I, I, don't—I don't know that he is. I, I don't—I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm very, very interested by his last two months. I'm not optimistic about them, but I'm very interested in them. Right. Agreed. I just want to see what happens. Uh, we will cover our best bets, our one and done. But first, we are going to hit a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back uh, following up our great week from last week. We put a bunch of red on the board this time around. Quite honestly, we kind of oh. uh, we kind of got screwed by the old Ludwig here. Top 30. No, that didn't work out. Uh, you did, though, KP, add an outright to your win. Oh, yeah. So, so this is this is a good week for you and Mark both had Ricky Fowler on the squad 14 to one. So hat tip. Congratulations on that. Am I back in the black producer, Josh? Oof, don't don't ask questions. You don't want to hear the answers to mm, close. Mm, I don't know if that's close. Seven percent. Yeah, right, we're, we're, we're making our way back. You are the closest to black who's not in black. That's like uh, that's that's like making the cut but missing the third round cut. Yeah, you got MDF'd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the rest of the board. Let's see. Ekrod over Harmon. Ekrod missed the cut. Ekrod missed the cut. More over <laughs> over Adwin Patrick. That's, that's tough. That's a tough one. More finished T four. JT over Morikawa is even tougher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was never never a sweat what did norlander finish mark had him top 40 finished t81 because a million guys made the cut sure um what right. uh, how did uh, austin Ekro austin Ekro is playing like the sixth best guy in the world and he misses the cut here come on yeah no. i had i had more cow to win so that okay so we would have hit either way yeah, we would have had a winner unless well, Hadwin wiped us. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of which, show us the best bets. Ugh. I had this Taylor Pendrith guy to finish as the top Canadian. That you know, stinks. Finishes to, to go into the final round in the final group and then lose top Canadian, which there was only like four of them by seven shots is not great. No, no, it's, it's, uh, it's not. I had Ludwig as top Nordic. How do you think I felt about that on Friday night? Yeah. You know who got him? 
Uh, probably Norin. Yeah, Norin finished T nine. Yeah, Norin got him. And uh, I think I think one of the Hoygards got him too. Oh, uh, yeah, you're probably right. I didn't scroll. Yes, Nikolai did. Yeah. Where Justin Not- finish? T seventy eight. So I mean, honestly, outside of so Patrick had a kind of a very close week because outside of Suz opening round when he shot a sixty five, he was pretty bad. He went yeah. 72, 73, 74 around a golf course that got basically progressive progressively easier over the course of the week. So out, Patrick was like very close to, but you know, horseshoes and hand grenades type of deal. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, let's see the let's see the uh, the OAD. So stupid. Show us the one and done stuff. All you donkeys missed the cut. Every single one of you. Every single oh. one of you except for me. Wow. And Ludwig was... So I actually think Mark's kiss of death on Ludwig Friday night was an advanced tactic. Yeah, for to, sure. To ensure that I did not get one and a half million dollars and that I only got $33,000 while all of you guys got zeros. I told you to save Ludwig for the tour championship and you didn't listen to me. So I, you only have yourself to blame. You can blame Mark all you want, but this is, this is disgusting. I'm disgusted. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, this is not a, not a great situation. I need I need to pick the open winner here. Hideki missed the cut. Tom, dude, Tom Kemp. What's the state of the union on Tom Kemp? He, it is what we thought it was, right? He is who we thought he was. They are who we thought they were. He's he's great on some golf courses. He's not going to be great on others. He's he's fine. He's not a top fifteen guy. And all this talk about like, oh, he's special. Like he's, I'm sure he is, but he only hits it like two ninety. So he can be as special as he wants, but that doesn't play in the modern game, right? And so if he goes to the Matt Fitzpatrick school of, of speed training, then we can talk. But until then, it, it's just – it's an uphill battle. You know, it's, it's very, very difficult. So I, I like got, him. I just got so sucked into how cool he is and, like, the hat the hat slam at the President's Cup, which, by the way, you would think he went 5-0-0 at the President's Cup. He went 2-3, and by the way, but was, like, that dude. Yeah. He, I mean, perception, baby. It's all about perception. It really is. That's how, you know, there's going to be some guys that make both of these Ryder Cup teams on perception. <laughs> yes. Right? Sure. Yeah. And some of that's, some of it's beyond perception. It's, like, real stuff like leader you know leadership and stuff but i don't know perception matters look at the look at the nba nfl draft you know i think that what what's sam hinky up to these days what's he doing uh, i think he's got a podcast or something what i think so I, we should hire we'd just be like sam come like let's just solve golf like he probably doesn't know much about it, which is probably good. And he's going to be like, yeah, just like, give me all this information. I'll, I'll solve this. I'll solve this thing. Well, what, what is he solving for? Like live? Um, no, 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 no. Let's start with, he picks the American Ryder cup team. Did you? <laughs> yes. Sam Hinkie picks it. Does he know that there's no draft picks to stow away? Like it, it just, gonna, it is what it is. He's going to stock up for uh 2029 or whatever. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Sam. <laughs> By the way, speaking of live, did you see Phil in his cape today? I did. 
Oh, Phil is the guy who freaking searches his name on Twitter, which is so corny. He replied to somebody with like three followers, the yeah. two, two likes on it, so that he could like dunk on a crypto bro. Like, cool, man. You're it's... You, you have a bajillion dollars. <laughs> you are revolutionizing the game of golf. You are doing all these great things. You're wearing capes. You think you are the man, and you are searching your name on Twitter to clap back at a crypto bro i got a uh i got a great tweet from somebody that said show this picture it was the kit it was filling the cape it said show this picture to yourself at the beginning of 2021 and explain to yourself how phil also has six majors here's the here's the photo <laughs> i mean this is it's preposterous like a, an absolutely preposterous turn of events he's in a cape hmm in shorts. <laughs> have you got have you got rate limited yet? No, I ha- I'm I got I have the check. Do you have the check? I have the check. Yeah. But but you got limited? No, I haven't. I'm not a yeah. I'm not a doom scroller. Yeah, no, I, I have not yet. I'm sure I will. If it was a major, I would have by like I was gonna say if it was the masters, I'd be in big trouble. <laughs> would be yeah. It'd be DMing Elon. Hey Elon, can we get a couple thousand more? Yeah, it's a, it's a major league, bro. Uh, yeah, Twitter. Twi- what's up with Twitter right now? It's weird, man. Like, just make the product freaking better. It doesn't like. I I don't know. I'm an idiot. I'm not a software engineer, but it, it doesn't like the product was fine and there were ways to make it better. And I, I feel like we're not doing them. I feel like we're doing the opposite of them. It was like, so Twitter was so close to being like such an awesome money-making endeavor for like, like, like someone could have bought Twitter and it was very close to being great. And now it's, it's bad, man. Like, uh, like half the functionality doesn't even work anymore. The search functionality is horrible. Yeah. Find somebody trying to find a user doesn't work. Clicking a tweet from somewhere else and having it open up that tweet doesn't work. The gifts don't work half the time. There's just so much stuff that's broken now. And that doesn't even like take into account the fact that I cannot imagine a scenario in which you'd be like, hey, stop. Like, I'm going to limit how much you use the product, especially because the only way to get more is to pay like eight bucks a month, which will never make you any money, right? Like, there's just not enough people. There are not enough people who would pay for it to make Elon any money off this. Stop with the $8 a month thing. Find money other ways. I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a good business reason to limit the tweets or whatever they're doing. Or I'm sure there's a business reason. I'm unconvinced that it's a good one. I think I think I think something was just broken and that okay. was that was their quick fix. Okay. So that yesterday, yeah. Yesterday he or two days ago he was like, "Wow, we've had more people using it than ever." And it's like, "Well, okay, now today we're getting limited. It's probably because the servers can't handle it." Uh, yeah. Also, uh, if you are the if you are the if you are the user of the product and you're being told, "We're going to limit the use to protect you from scrapers." I don't care. That's your problem. That's yeah. your, why is that my problem? Why is but that it, me? It, here's my thing. You buy the you buy the company be like on the on the on the 
foundation of like, hey, free speech, baby. <laughs> free speech is back. And then you're like, however, <laughs> we're going to limit how much free speech you, you can view. Yeah, you can. It, it, it's free speech. It's not free it's reading, buddy boy. <laughs> <laughs> you can't read for free. You you can say whatever you want, but good luck reading it. Free speech, not free reading, is <laughs> quite good. Uh, I I just I don't I don't get that. Like that. Twitter is like such a. I mean, a lot of the live stuff has made it a, a hell for people like you and I, who are like pretty active on there and engaged and everything. But it's also like kind of a magical place in that so many of my, not so many, but a lot of my professional friendships have developed either because of Twitter or like grown via Twitter. And you can talk to anybody, you can develop friendships with players. I mean, it, it's, it's a very like fascinating social deal. And I just want it to be better and it seems like it's going the other direction tesla just had their best quarter ever probably because elon's over here spending all his attention on twitter he's not micromanaging the guys over at tesla anymore he, <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's such a kiss of death so we need, we need him to buy another we need him to buy a different company right go spend another 40 billion somewhere else leave maybe he can up. maybe he no. can buy nuco I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. He's just gonna ruin everything we love. Just, just like one company at a time. Elon's coming to just dagger it. What would what would Elon do with Nuco? Oh God! Did you uh, see the tweet about it? somebody said uh, the PGA Tour is limiting how many shots you can see in a day? <laughs> that was pretty good uh okay we're off the rails this is this is why we don't do this one-on-one -on -one. anything else before we get out of here we're, we're, we're done earlier how are you gonna spend your extra couple hours well so my family is going to the lake with another family got a big wiffle ball game planned and we were gonna go tomorrow morning but i think we might go tonight instead try to get an extra wiffle ball game in there you go go get an extra wiffle ball game in i love to hear it we've got those you know the wiffle balls with the one side the holes in one side is that is that a new thing? I've never no heard. you no come on you, the the not the wiffle balls with a bunch of holes oh, but the one, oh, the ones with just like a couple holes. Yes. Oh yeah, those, and those you can, they move like wild, right? Oh, it's it's the best. Yeah, yeah. My son, my son and I have been pitching to each other, and it's it's so fun to just just K him all I over see, the place. I see I see clips on like Instagram oh. where how does anybody ever hit the ball? It's Who knows? Nine feet. Well, I think it's one of those things where you don't unless somebody hangs a pit. I mean, it's like baseball, right? If if Kershaw has the has his curve working, if Pedro's throwing the changeup the right way, you you literally don't hit it. But if they let if they let one hang or one kind of sails on them a little bit, then you can hit it. Otherwise, I mean, it, it's extremely difficult. It's fun though. Do you ever worry about like throwing your throwing your like arm out like i feel like it would hurt with a wiffle ball yeah yes <laughs> my shoulder my right shoulder like when i lay in bed the wrong way it does not sound well it sounds not great 
<laughs> wiffle ball. The writer gets a wiffle ball injury. That's a great headline. <laughs> so All right. Well, listen, hey, go have go have a blast. Uh, don't hurt yourself too much, but make sure you can you know, type everything. Um, we'll be back on Monday for John Deere classic week. I'm officially declaring it John Deere classic week as many have been waiting for me to do Monday, Tuesday. No Wednesday, I think because of the, yeah, we're you and I are when you and I and Greg, I think are Wednesday programming note. We're going Wednesday for the mega preview pod because Tuesday is independence day and we want everyone to celebrate their independence and do it safely. So we're going on Wednesday. Uh, big thanks to producer Josh. He does all the hard work behind the scenes. Kyle Porter is available on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Ricky Fowler.